in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. My Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me, that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I ask you for pardon my sins and grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. My Mother Immaculate, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me. Today we are going to carry on with the idea of learning how to pray. We have started talking to Jesus. We have given our first steps on the road to prayer and on the road to salvation. I hope you are a bit more familiar with Jesus and you find easier to talk to him. That's why I think we could start meditating the first thing that we have said. I really believe that you are here, that you see me, that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I ask you for pardon of my sins and grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. I really believe that you are here. It's an act of faith. We believe that God is listening to us, that he is beside us, and that he is delighted with our conversation with him. I really believe that you are here, and I believe more than what my eyes can see, because I've, in a way, touched you so often. You have been always with me in my life. That you see me, that you hear me. We are always present, present to God. We may not remember God very often, but God is always thinking of us. His love for us is so deep. And we also say that you that you see me, that you hear me, that you are always listening to us. You want the salvation of everyone. And of course, for that you want to know what is in our heads, in our hearts. See what you can say to him with these words.
The next thought is to consider how God loved us from the very beginning. He wanted us to be part of his family, not just when he came on earth and died for us on the cross, but when he created us, he created us in his image and likeness, so we could participate in his infinite happiness, his infinite love with us. That is the way in which he created us. We are much more than just rational animals. We are, from the very beginning of the creation, children of God. There is no one above you. Sometimes we think of those who have obtained a Nobel Prize or who have become very famous and rich thinking that they have made it. But the reality is that everyone who has been baptized has made it, has reached the highest dignity that anyone on earth can achieve to be a son or a daughter of God, to be part of the family of God. Let's use these moments to say thank you to God. There is no greater than each one of us being united to our Lord. We are children of God, and that has great implications. The first one is that God lives in us. He says in the Gospel, Make your home in me as I make mine in you. God is not far, far away, where the stars are shining, as many people imagine but he is inside of us. The kingdom of God is not in the skies, it's in each one of our souls, in our hearts we say. And he wants to be there with us. He's happy in the heart of each one of us, in the soul of each one of us. His delight is to be with his children in an intimacy difficult to match. an intimacy that we had not invented thinking of him. You see that some people, when they think of God, they always think that God is the Almighty, the one who has created everything, 
the one who can do everything from nothing, and they imagine that that is amazing. And every time that they think of God, think about something that is very external to us. Not only external, but also very different to us. He is different. He is the one, the only one. And at the same time, he wants to be with us. It's so surprising. That's why I'm completely sure that we have not invented God. Because the revelation that we have about God goes in the opposite direction that a normal thought has when we think of God. Imagine yourself being God, and the, the first thing that one thinks is, well, I will be able to do this and that, and, and even if anyone was to say something against me, well, I transform that person into frog, the frog or something like that. But God comes with the opposite direction. He wants to be with us, inside of us. He's humble. And that is the intimacy that we have been called to be with him. As I said before, we have not invented God at all. It's the opposite. God is the one who has created us, and then he has shown too much love to us that we could have never, ever imagined that he was going to be so close to each one of us at the same time that is so different to each one of us. Then, now let's take advantage of this, to think about it, and tell God whatever you have in your heart. Make your home in me as I, as I make mine in you. We could say that it looked like he is in a sitting room waiting for us to talk to him. And in a way, that is what is happening. He's begging us 
to get closer to Him, to get to know Him, so we can love Him truly. When we say to get closer to Him, people think of space. No, that's not the way in which things were with Him. He's spiritual. He doesn't have any space. To get closer to Him is closer to His heart, to His love, to love in the same way in which He loves us. And for that, we need to talk to Him. There is no way of getting to know someone unless we talk to that person. And at the same time, we cannot love whatever we don't know. So the more that we know about Him, the easier it, it is, or it should be, to love Him. But how can we know Him? In the same way in which we get to know people around us by talking to them, then is when we learn from them how they are, what they think, how their affections work in that person. With God it's the same. He doesn't have, a, we could say, a heart like us, but at the same time we can say, yes, he's got it because he is also a human being, perfect man and perfect God in the second person of the Blessed Trinity. So he understands our feelings. And we can talk to him about anything that we want or that we, that we experience in our life because, as I said, he wanted to have a human nature to show with emotions and tenderness how much he loves us. So we were saying that he really wants us to become his real friends. People who has intimacy with God and, if possible, to fall in love with Him. The end or the aim of our spiritual life is not to be very pious or even to, to go to heaven, but to love God with all our heart, to fall in love with Him. And that means that there is no limit. If we were going to be very pious, we'll do like the Pharisees. We could say, well, I, I'm doing enough already. But no, it's to love. And to love doesn't have any limits. Many, many Catholics, the only thing that they want is, we could say, to go to heaven, but without trying to love God. Just fulfilling the commandments or going to confession the last minute and then to make it for heaven. When we have been created by God to love, that is the, the greatest thing that we can do here on earth. And the greatest being that we can love is God himself because he's the most perfect one. Real love makes people to become more and more like the other person that the person that they love. This should be the aim of our relationship with God. And now I leave you with Him. See if you can get to know Him better. Ask Him questions. Tell Him what you feel in this situation or this other situation. I leave you with Him.
Our Lord says, as a branch cannot bear fruit all by itself, but must remain part of the vine, neither can you unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever remains in me, with me in him, bears fruit in plenty. You see the comparison that our Lord places before us. A branch is nothing but united to the tree, in this case the vine, it is the same vine. We cannot separate the branches from the vine because they have become one thing. They have unity. They are a, a unique and, and one thing. The vine and the branches are one thing, the same thing. And that is what God would like us to become, one thing with Him. Would you like to be one with Him? Tell Him then. As you see, it is easy to talk to Jesus, to talk to God, because He is inside us. Prayer, then, is a personal encounter with Jesus. When we look in the Gospel, we see that when the encounter with Jesus has been personal, I mean real and deep, it changes the person who has been speaking to Jesus. We had examples of Matthew, Zacchaeus, Nicodemus, and we can add many other people, like Peter, James, Andrew, and in general, any other apostles, but many other people that appear in the Gospel. At the same time, there have been other people who spoke to Jesus, even for longer time, and that meeting with him did not change their lives at all. It was because they were not open to God. They were not open to the truth. They didn't want to recognize their own mistakes, the wrong things that they had done, 
and they didn't want to change. Among them, we have Pilate, Herod, the high priest, and some of the Pharisees. They were not ready to love Jesus or to change anything in their lives. They were so happy with their own lives, so proud of them. Which group do you belong? Are you good at listening to others? Do you accept advice from others easily? Because unless we do, we won't be able to talk to Jesus, to listen to Jesus, and to become more and more like him. I leave you with him again. Think about it. Are you good at listening? Because if you are good at listening, you will be very good at prayer also. I am the way, the truth, and the life, says our Lord. He doesn't say, you are amazing, you are the way. You are amazing, you are the truth. You are amazing, you are the life. Uh, We don't think too much. I I mean, even thinking very little. We realize that we cannot be the way because we are lost ourselves. We cannot be the truth because we deceive even ourselves and we are not alive because we see how uh, human health decays little by little, okay? Everything depends of God and especially in our spiritual life, everything depends of, on our openness to God. This is one of the reasons Some people find prayer useless. They are not ready for small changes in life and even less for the big ones. These are the people who feel they are perfect and that they deserve everything. 
and that everyone needs to change but not themselves. Years ago, I was in Rome looking after a kind of football tournament among boys who were 15 or 16 years old. Apart from the training and tactics, we tried to help these boys to grow up in human virtues. I was with one who had done very little in his studies and has no past a subject. I was trying to make him to reconsider his position. He was enjoying the tournament very much and I thought he could see how much his parents were doing for him and that he could make them happy by studying a lot more. I was going to ask if he thought that he deserved the trip to Rome and the football tournament when he said, Stop it. I deserve everything. And he put a big emphasis in that everything. That answer left me without knowing what to say. And I could not help him at all. Because he thought that he was so good that he deserved absolutely everything. At the very moment we say or think we deserve everything, we are on our own and God cannot help us. In our prayer, let's always be ready to change something, to listen to God and to make the changes that He is asking us to do. That is one of the main characteristics of prayer, to listen to God and then to obey Him. I leave Him with you. I leave Him with you. It is time now to finish our prayer. I hope that you have opened to him your soul, but you have deep down in your heart maybe things that you have not said to anyone, even that you have been brave enough to recognize how awful each one of us is. He will understand us, accept it, and give you graces to improve yourself, to change. I give you thanks, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations you have communicated to me in this meditation. I ask you for help to put them into effect. My mother, Immaculate, St. Joseph, my father and Lord, my guardian angel, intercede for me.